Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies, but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Hello, and welcome back to the All Bodies on Bikes podcast, where all bodies are good bodies. All bikes are good bikes and all rides should be celebrated. Uh, it's just Marley here today. Maggie uh, is helping her mom out with some stuff and we are sending her mom a big get better hug. Um, so Maggie will be back with us next week. Exactly. Um, so I'm really excited about today's interview. Um, I know I say that every week, but it's genuinely true. Um because this has like a personal connection to me. Um, and one of the things that we're talking about, I will actually get to go do in person here in a couple months. So enough teasing, let's get to it. Uh, today we are talking with Alicia McCauley from Bike New York. Um, Bike New York empowers New Yorkers to, to, tra to transform their lives and their communities through bicycling. Their vision is to increase ridership, to empower youth to lead healthy, productive lives, to remove barriers to cycling, and to advocate for and expand services to reach more New Yorkers. Bike New York provides free bike education programs across the five boroughs, imparting bike riding skills to both children and adults. The focus is on ensuring individuals can ride bikes safely and confidently in the city. In 2020, the organization successfully instructed over 30,000 New Yorkers in bike skills. Additionally, Bike New York coordinates various annual events such as the TD Five Borough Bike Tour, which is recognized as the largest charitable bike ride in the U.S., and I'm going on it this year, which we'll talk about, Bike Expo New York, and several smaller regional and community rides. Um, and so joining us is Alicia McCauley, who is the Director of Communications for Bike New York in New York City. She's a distant cyclist and, along with her husband, has ridden thousands of miles in the U.S., Canada, and Europe. When not doing bike stuff, Alicia enjoys gardening her tiny plot in Queens, doing shitty crafts, cooking for friends, and generally enjoying the weird, wonderful things New York City has to offer. Welcome to the show, Alicia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. And honestly, just reading your bio makes me miss big cities and especially New York. Um, so I'm just really excited to have this conversation. Um, as we we talked about in the beginning, I um, spent a summer in Brooklyn and New York will forever hold a piece of my heart. It does that. <laughs> are you are you from there originally? I'm not. I was actually born and raised in the Midwest, in um, northern Wisconsin, in the woods. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, New York was a big, big, big change for me. Um, and I still struggle with missing um, nature and trees. You know, I'm very connected to um, the natural world around me. But, you know, like I mentioned, I have my little garden in Queens that I use to, uh, to help uh, soothe that itch, I guess. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I imagine you're bringing some of that, that Midwest niceness and friendliness to New York city and um, casseroles, hot oh, dishes. That's yes. what we call them. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a perfect time of year for, for a hot dish. Um, mm -hmm. well, let's jump into it. So, you know, I gave a brief bio or a little bit about <clears throat> bike New York. 
Um, but I would love to hear it, you know, in your own words, what is Bike New York? What are your programs? Who do you serve? Just tell us a little bit about the work that y'all are doing. Yes. Thank you so much for opening with this question. Um, because I have, as a rider of the Five Borough Bike Tour myself multiple times, um, I think there are some misconceptions out there about what Bike New York does and who we are and who we serve. So we're actually a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We serve the NYC community um, at large. We have a ton of program offerings. We do free, robust bike education for kids through adults um, that's learn to ride classes, let's like learn how to mechanic, learn how to fix your bike, um, learn how to build a bike. Um, we're doing e-bike programming coming up here. Um, I think this week is our first class. Um, and in addition to the educational component, which I would say is probably our biggest component, we have um, this really incredible second chance work training program called Bike Path. Um, this provides free uh, intensive bike mechanic training to individuals who have had um, previous justice system involvement. Every graduate of the program is guaranteed an interview with Motivate, which is the group that oversees the mechanic of New York City's um, city bike fleet. And most of those interviewees go on to be hired by the program. So we do second chance job training program. Again, it's called Bike Path. Um, We've integrated into a cohort of uh, New York City Department of Education middle schools to provide um, bike, like learn to ride bike phys ed, and we provide the curriculum and the bikes um, for that. Um, so we're working on expanding that, you know, the New York City's bureaucracy is really large, so it's hard to kind of scale up um, quickly, but we are working on scaling up um, into more um, New York City schools. Um, we also have an incredible advocacy arm that actually helps draft policy and planning in order to create safer and um, more abundant bike lanes in New York City. Uh, we've helped to get more protected lanes on bridges, um, safety measures like concrete barriers, daylighting, pedestrian plazas, um, and we work with the New York City Council, the New York City um, Department of Transportation, where we have a great ally uh, in the commissioner there. Um, and <laughs> uh, we have been responding in real time to the asylum seeker crisis um, that has, you know, hit a lot of cities with the the busing of asylum seekers um, into large metropolitan areas by providing free bikes, lights, locks, and helmets to asylum seekers in order to aid with transportation around the city. Wow. Um, and on so what people really know us for is our tent pole event, which is the TD5 Bar Bike Tour. We're on our 46th iteration of that. Um, but we, as I just explained to you, uh, with far too many words, um, we do so much more than that. And the, the Five Borough Bike Tour is... Um, one of our biggest fundraising events, which is why uh, the TD5 Borough Bike Tour is actually the largest charitable ride in the world. Wow. That is incredible. I um, just think I've been listening to, I, I'm like a news junkie and I've been listening to lots of podcasts about the asylum crisis and, you know, folks just seeking safety and shelter. And um, yeah. that is so cool to hear that. Um, and I, I, you know, I've, I've heard the stories, there are people coming out to support, but just in general, um, I'm just, wow. I love to hear that um, because so often in my line of work, bikes are, you know, seen as a toy or a piece of recreation. But, you know, I think the work that Bike New York is doing proves that bikes are really a tool for education, for mobility, for social justice, for 
restorative justice. I love that that program, um, working with folks who've been involved in the justice system. And I just want to point out the language that you use there is really important. Um, you know, not necessarily folks who have been incarcerated. It's people who have been involved in the justice system because we all know people get um, caught up in that for many, many reasons, oftentimes not their fault. So. Absolutely. And I have a human rights background um, as well. So uh, seeing everything that Bike New York offered really enticed me to, uh, you know, apply to work there. Yeah, definitely. They they let me come on board. Well, you're an excellent uh, communicator of all the work. So I understand why you have that role. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So we brushed on it briefly, but so I've been to New York a number of times and I feel like every time I go, I'm more and more impressed by the infrastructure um, and by the... um, I don't know if pedestrianizing or just kind of the the mobility focus of the city. And, you know, a lot of that started with Jeanette Sadat Khan um, in, I forget even what year that was, like mid to early 2010s-ish. Mm-hmm. I, I think know so. This. Um, but she basically, she oversaw the building of nearly 400 miles of bike lanes, more than 60 pedestrian plazas. And I haven't been to New York since before the pandemic. So I imagine things have continued. Um, can you just talk to us a little bit about riding what ride what riding a bike is like in New York City for folks who maybe haven't experienced it? Yeah, definitely. And I want to straight uh, straight away give a shout out to our current uh, Department of Transportation Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Idanis Rodriguez. He is a great ally and supporter of uh, Bike New York's mission. Also, our advocacy director John Orcutt. Um, and all of our amazing council people who are, um, you know, helping pedestrianize New York City a lot more. Um, so just big thanks to all of them. Um, I've been riding in New York City for about 10 years. Uh, and I, I feel like I've personally benefited from the increase in biking infrastructure. Um, I have seen protected bike lanes to go up where there used to be no bike lanes at all. Mm. Um, and then to have the uh, the barriers, the concrete barriers there to add that level of safety and also, um, you know, deterrent from people parking in the bike lanes. I know it's still like a huge problem and um, working on different ways to to get enforcement there. But um, yeah, I it's made my rides safer. It's made them faster, more efficient. Um, I spend so many hours in the summertime riding out to New York City's beaches and um, the greenways that have been put up uh, along those routes, um, which actually go through several um, historically underserved communities as well. So I really love to see those bike lanes and those greenways being put in so that um, communities that are historically underserved as far as transportation, as far as recreation, um, are getting safer access to the outdoors as well. So it's been really incredible. Um, You know, I think... uh, Every every mayor for the past couple of cycles from, you know, I really started paying attention under Blasio, um, but even under Eric Adams, there have been a lot of promises for additional infrastructure work and we're seeing it come through and it's really great. That's so awesome. Um, you know, I, I cut my teeth on bike advocacy and bike riding in Seattle. And even there, when people found out I commuted to work, I would hear, oh my gosh, I could never do that. Um, is, is that something you hear from folks either visiting New York or who live there who just say, oh, I would never ride a bike in New York? Or is that starting to change as more and more infrastructure and lanes are put in? Not only here, I used to say it. I mean, I've been in New York for nearly 13 years and I've I've been biking for only 10 of those. And, uh, you know, for the first couple of years I was biking, it was just straight to work and straight back. Um, And I did not have a ton of confidence. It felt like I was playing real life Frogger um, a lot of the time. And 
admittedly, the city still has a really long way to go. When you look at other um, really well pedestrianized cities like Minneapolis, for example, um, you know, we are we're a ways off from creating that kind of infrastructure, but it is in the works. Um, but I have heard people say, oh, my God, I can never ride a bike in the city. I can't believe that you do that. Um, and I would say 10 years ago, I would probably say I can't believe that I do that either. But um, we have had more cyclists in New York this past year than I think any year since they've been counting. So, you know, we are out there. I, I'm seeing um, a proliferation of cycling groups, mm. um, of cycling clubs, of cycling advocacy folks. Um, and I think, you know, just to touch on the, the social justice aspect, um, when in 2020 came upon us with first the pandemic, um, you know, bike stores sold out of their stock because everybody was outside biking. Uh, and then the George Floyd protests began and it was actually cyclists who were working to protect the protesters by, you know, lining up their, their bicycles at intersections in order to protect people crossing. So I think, you know, the cycling community has become more tight knit since then. And that kind of coalition has really helped push forward um, a lot of the uh, policy that's going in to create more um, access to biking infrastructure in the city. That makes so much sense. Um, and one thing that I, I I don't know that we'll touch on, actually, let's touch on it a little bit, but um, is e-bikes and delivery drivers. Um, so I've been involved in People for Bikes, and I know that there's conversation around regulations around e-bikes and specifically battery safety to ensure that the folks who are using these e-bikes for their work and to bring us our DoorDash or Grubhub or whatever it might be um, are on bikes that are are safe and are not going to cause these awful fires. Um, is that something that Bike New York is working on? Uh, we definitely work on e-bike uh, stuff with our advocacy director um, in that arm of the organization, but we're also teaching e-bike 101 mm. at um, our uh, Recycle Bicycle workshop, which is a, uh, a refurbished bike shop. And you can also get like new gear, helmets, all the farkles. Um, and we teach classes there and we do repairs there. So um, it's kind of like a community hub for cycling. So we are teaching e-bikes 101 there. We also um, just had an event with a grant that we got, that we received and distributed um, locks, lights, helmets. And there was like one other particular thing that made it difficult to um, like steal a battery to mm -hmm. a group called the Delivery Boys, who are, it's like a coalition of uh, people who who work in delivery, be it Uber Eats or Grubhub or what have you. And so we work, we are in touch with those communities and we work with those communities to help um, promote safety and get folks having the, you know, the locks, the lights, the helmets and everything they need in order to, uh, to do their job safely in the city. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I love kind of the wraparound support services and it's not just like, oh, you do your thing, but it's like, no, we're going to ensure that you have a safe way to do all of this. Um, yeah. So There's a lot of hate on e-bikes, but you know, like e-bikes are, they're going to happen, you know, yeah, like they're happening. It's here. Um, so I think, just creating, creating the infrastructure, creating the, the regulations and the guidelines and having a way for it to happen safely is going to be the only way forward. Yeah. And honestly, if e-bikes allow people to do their job better or to ride a bike more enjoyably, uh, I am all here for it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember the first time that I rode an e-bike because I, I lived in Seattle and it's quite hilly and I would be mm -hmm. humping and puffing up hills and people would fly past me on bikes and or on mm -hmm. e-bikes and I would get so just like, oh, 
And then the first time I rode one, it was like, my eyes were open. I was like, this is a total game changer. And I have an e-bike now and I'm so grateful for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the first time I rode one was in Barcelona, and um, we were kind of going to the outer reaches of the city that get kind of into some foothills. And I was so glad that I was on a pedal assist. Yeah, I would have been pushing that thing up those hills. A hundred percent. Yeah, um, e-bikes e-bikes are great, and we just want to make sure people can do it safely and uh, in a way that uh, is safe for everyone that's around them too. Yeah, um, exactly. So you've touched on this a little bit, um, but you know, what are some of the challenges that people encounter when riding in New York? Yeah, cars. Um, and the people who drive them. Um, and I say this as someone who owns a car in New York city as well. Um, but I think there's really needs to be a mindset shift and I know it's possible. Um, because I, I just, this summer, my husband and I did a little, um, tour to Holland. Um, it only took us four days to just do around the, uh, <laughs> the entire country of Holland, but it's because the bike infrastructure there is so unbelievably good and cars respect the cyclists and recyclists respect, you know, the stoplights and stuff like there's, a, a this adherence to the policy around cycling in the Netherlands, which is so incredible. And I learned while I was there that it wasn't that way until the seventies when the oil crisis hit. And okay. it became too expensive to drive. And that's when this infrastructure shift happened. So it's not like it's impossible to change the way that people see cycling and interpret cyclists as part of traffic web, uh, instead of a deterrent to traffic. Um, recently, I was biking and uh, I was making a left turn crossing traffic. And I was waiting because traffic was oncoming. There was a woman behind me in an SUV who wanted to move forward. And I didn't have anywhere to go. And she was laying out her horn and screaming at me out the window, like, you're blocking traffic. And I just turned around and said, lady, I am traffic. Like, I am part of the traffic. And I, I think that is an adjustment that folks are going to need to make um, in order for it to be less challenging for people to cycle in New York. But I think, again, like the infrastructure improvements that are happening um, the, all the protected lanes that are going in, um, there's also like cycling lights, you know, with the, like the little bike signal, um, that's super helpful. So just having things that are catering to cyclists and helping us coexist are, are the biggest, uh, boons to overcoming those challenges. But, you know, again, I'll just say the, the entitlement of cars, uh, is really a challenge that everybody in the city has to overcome if you're not driving one, even when you're driving one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's one of those things where it's, I can't imagine folks are even going that fast in the city. Um, I mean, I'm sure when you get out into like Staten Island and some parts of, of, you know, when you're not densely in the city, there's a speed differential there, but in the city, like, are you really going faster than 20? Like you can wait a couple minutes, a couple seconds yeah. even. Yeah. You're, you're crawling, especially in Manhattan. It's more just the density, Yeah, you know, and we don't have alleys and we don't have driveways for the most part. So it's the vehicular density and I am not an urban planner. I do not have a good solution for that. Nothing to offer. Um, all I can offer is that like, you know, I will ride my bike and I'll follow the rules as long as y'all do the same around me. hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, um, it's interesting because cars are, I think a, a challenge everywhere. And, you know, you mentioned the, the oil crisis and they got so expensive. It, I feel like we're at that inflection point now and people are still choosing to to drive cars and, I don't know what it'll take to to get them out of it, but I hope something changes. I, th I think, you know, 
improvements in public transportation. Again, I'm going to like point to the Netherlands, which we know is one of the most bike friendly places on the planet, but they also have incredible mass transit and it's cheaper to take mass transit. It's easy to get around on your bicycle. Um, I was more terrified of the bikes than the cars when I was there um, because they, they will come at you and they, they know their rights and they know um, that, that they're like, you know, welcome to be there. But, uh, but yeah, I think people drive because they don't have an, a good alternative. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we know that we know the MTA is, is always crumbling. Um, there's, I mean, there's huge socioeconomic issues that I think are contributing to that. And I have opinions on ways that, uh, we can solve that. But, uh, as a representative of bike New York, I don't feel qualified to share that opinion. So <laughs> that is fair. That <laughs> another is fair. podcast, another yes. time. And I appreciate that distinction there. Um, well, let's talk about the TD five borough bike tour, um, which I'm super excited. I'm coming out there for it. Um, we're hopefully going to have an all bodies on bikes team, more info to come on that. Um, but so I, w- I was researching it for this episode and it started out as like a plan, um, to take a group of high schoolers on a ride across New York city. How did it go from that to what it is today with, I don't know how many people do it every year, like 40,000 people. Uh, 32,000 so far. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it did, it started in 1977. It was the 50 mile challenge. And if you can imagine like the, the lack of bike infrastructure in New York city in 1977, I mean, they didn't allow bike lanes on any of the bridges for like 60 years. (laughs) Like the bike lanes and the bridges are relatively new additions. So, um, it was the 50 mile challenge that was done with both high school students um, and uh, about 200 people from local cycling clubs. Um, and that was the first ride. It was in traffic. It wasn't like the TD5 or bike tours now where traffic is completely blocked off. Um, and then in the seventies, when Ed Koch became the mayor, I believe it was in 1978, he really wanted to promote cycling in the city. Um, and in order to uh, to make the ride more accessible and family friendly, the mileage was lowered to 40 and it was built as a tour rather than a challenge. Um, okay. And so that happened annually for many years. And then in the year 2000, um, Bike New York was officially incorporated as a nonprofit um, in order to produce the tour. Um, and then in the 23 years since then, that grew from the initial group of uh, a couple thousand riders to over 32,000 riders. Um, and even though uh, the funds generated both through the tour and the donor fundraising that we do have been able to affect meaningful change in bike safety, uh, you know, we have education, job training, transportation assistance, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> We, we still are producing the, the world's largest charitable bike ride. We're not the largest bike ride. There's a group of folks in South Africa who have us beat for the largest bike ride. I think they get like 34,000. Okay, okay. Maybe but close. 35. Yeah, but we're we're tight with them. So, um, so yeah. So once we incorporated um, as a nonprofit in order to be able to produce the tour, and then there was another, it kind of like fractured into two groups. One was doing the bike ad, one was doing the production of the tour, then they remerged. Um, and kind of around um, the time that they remerged, and I'm not sure the year on that, but that's when we began to notice a more pronounced need for bike education in the city, teaching people how to ride, getting kids access to bikes. We do a lot of bike giveaways too. We did one on December 9th um, in partnership with National Grid, and we gave away 100 bikes um, to kids in uh, 
the Cooper Park houses, um, for example. So, you know, getting, teaching people to ride is great. Getting them access to bikes to ride is better. Um, and so once we understood that there are these more pronounced needs in the community um, is when we really started gearing up as a nonprofit organization and having the tour be um, one of our, our tent pole fundraising event, although not the only one. So anyone listening, if you want to make a donation, please do so. Yes. Right on our website. <laughs> yes. We, we all know. Yeah. Nonprofits, man. Um, okay. So talk to me about. 32,000 people. Um, you know, I've done a, bu- a, a bunch of gravel events where, you know, it's like a thousand person mass start. Are all 32,000 people starting at once? And is it just chaos or like, <laughs> how does it work? What do I need to know? Uh, well, this is my first year uh, helping produce the tour. So I will get back to you in the behind the scenes chaos. But uh, it seems from a rider perspective, as I mentioned, um, I've done this uh, five years in a row now. Um, and by the way, we're so excited to have you there. We're so excited to have members of your New York chapter there. Um, can't wait to like hear what your experience is like and hope that you'll come back and do it again and again and again. But um, it is honestly, like such a miraculous day. I'm just going to talk about this as someone who's ridden the tour because that's yes, please. my only point of reference, but also um, there's different start waves, right? Okay. And I don't get up early. I just hate it. Um, I usually start in like a later start wave, you know, I'm not like the 6am person. Um, like the first one's at 7.30 and then um, they go on and on until I think 10.20 uh, a.m. And people line up uh, in this corridor uh, in Manhattan. It's uh, Church in Franklin. It's kind of like an iconic downtown Manhattan area. And we have helmet covers that we make every year um, that our riders are required to ride, to wear. Listen up, folks, <laughs> um, because it's easier to identify you um, as uh, a member of, of the tour. But um, the photos, the like the aerial photos, especially look incredible. It is just a sea. Uh, like last year's were yellow. It's just like a sea of yellow helmets. It's beautiful. Um, and right before your wave takes off, people are encouraged to um, ring their bike bells. Okay. And like everybody, it like it's quiet for a minute, and then there's just this like chorus of like tinkling bike bells, and then this loud cheer erupts, and it echoes off like this canyon of buildings, right? And there's people who are like wave out their windows, like they're waving goodbye to like a ship taking off. <laughs> um, people have like encouraging signs hanging out their windows and those like little clapper thingies. Um, and I always get kind of emotional at that moment because there's something powerful about being surrounded by so many people who are doing the exact same thing that you're doing and the positive energy of the day and the excitement and just like the sound that like, everyone's bike is making. I don't know. It's like a very sensory stimulating experience and it's really incredible that everybody's so happy and like we have been fortunate to have incredible weather the last couple of rides um and so taking off like fair warning it like takes a minute you stand on your bike for a little bit because getting 32 people cruising 32,000 people cruising you know it like it takes a minute right but New York City we're used to traffic we understand that but once you get going and on this beautiful stretch of just open road everywhere no cars only other bikers people are playing their music they're jamming they've got bands set up along the whole route like those people are singing and clapping and playing incredible music there's cheerleaders like people are high-fiving each other you ride through Central Park you get to go around these hills it's just like it's such an incredible day and moment and the like there's just so much solidarity and positivity and um you know I always feel really safe uh someone who gets crowd anxiety pretty frequently (laughs) 
um, I, I always feel so safe and like embraced on this ride. Isn't that incredible? Like I also get crowd anxiety, like even when I go to the movies or um, to a sporting event, but I mm-hmm. don't ever feel that when I'm on bikes. And I, I don't know if it's because I have the freedom to ride away if I need to, or if it is that solidarity of, I might not know anybody except for the three people in my direct vicinity, but mm-hmm. I know we, we have this shared interest and this shared camaraderie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Are there rest stops along the way? Um, oh my gosh. Snacks yes. Snacks or, okay. Uh, you, I mean, pack, pack whatever snacks that you like. Um, yes. especially I'm, I have celiac disease, so I have dietary restrictions. So I'm always sure. packing my own snacks everywhere. Um, but we do have multiple rest stops along the route. Um, we also have a ton of water filling stations. Um, so you can top up your water bottle pretty frequently. There's mechanicing stations along the route, the, the rest stops you can pull into they're humongous. Um, there's free snacks. Um, you know, you get your bananas, your granola bars, your chips, there's peanut butter. Um, we offer like electrolyte sport drink, um, or in New York city's finest tap water, um, to fill up in your bottles. Um, there's music at every stop. There's porta potties at every stop. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a great place to just, you know, take five, get off the bike, do some stretching. Um, and it's, yeah, I think I'm not sure like the distance in between each stop, but it's not huge. It's not huge. Yeah. I imagine yeah. if 32,000 people are doing it, it's, it's probably pretty darn approachable. Um, and 40 yeah, miles this is, is for all abilities. 40 miles seemed really intimidating, but, um, it did to me when I did it the first time, I was like, no way I could ever ride 40 miles. And then I did it and I like, didn't feel like I was going to die at the end. And it's like, Oh, I guess it's actually easier than I thought. And we have people from, you know, on recumbent bikes, on trikes, on pedal assist bikes, on road bikes, on gravel bikes, on fixed gear bikes, you know, like this is, this is an event that's made for people of every ability, skill level, age, et cetera. I'm, I'm so, so genuinely excited for it. Um, yes. and it'll just be so different because I, 90% of my riding happens in rural places. So, mm-hmm. you know, typically looking at cows and cornfields and yep. <laughs> grain silos. And so I'm just, I'm yep. really excited and really grateful that you all reached out. Um, so I've been doing some social media to help promote it. Um, yes, and you. yeah, I'm just, I'm genuinely so stoked for this. Um, oh, and shout out quick to our mutual homie, uh, Nick Robles, oh. uh, who, who connected us, our yeah. mutual friends. Yeah. Yeah. He is married thanks, to my Nick. best. Thanks, Nick. He's married to my best friend from <laughs> high school. Um, yeah. And they just had a, a beautiful baby girl. So happy for them. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Oh my gosh. Small world. Small mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're getting close to finishing up. Um, and before I ask our last two questions, um, I would love to know, you know, where are some of your favorite places to bike in New York City? Yes. Um, I have two favorites. One of them is actually outside of New York City. Um, there it's a New Jersey, um, over the George Washington bridge, which is, I think at 181st or 183rd street. Um, it's called the Alpine trail is what the cyclists call it. Um, it's Palisades, um, Henry, Henry Hudson Parkway or something like that. It's, um, it's part of it is mixed use car and bicycle, but then part of it is only bicycle. I think it's only like 11 miles, but with the amount of climbing there is, it feels like maybe like 25. <laughs> Hence the name Alpine but, trail. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. yep but it is beautiful it's along these incredibly steep cliffs along the hudson river um you can you go all the way like you know up the river turn around you can come back down and leave or you can you know go out through um a main road but 
that especially in the fall is an incredible ride. Um, and then my year round favorite ride, even in the winter, if it's not too gnarly is riding out to Fort Tilden beach. Okay. Um, it is, um, a former military fort that's now been like overtaken by dunes and, and scrub and the dunes are recovering from hurricane Sandy yet, but it is such a beautiful ride. It's the, the shore parkway greenway is there. It's completely segregated from traffic. Um, it goes through a state park called Shirley Chisholm Park, which is also, you know, I always go in and do a loop around the park before I go back out onto the Greenway because it's just so lovely. And it goes along Jamaica Bay and you see all kinds of shorebirds and it goes through uh, the Canarsie Piers, which is always like a really happening spot with people grilling and picnicking. And um, I, I see all kinds of wildlife out there. It's just it's amazing. And then you end up at the beach and New York beaches are kind of our best kept secret. Okay. Seriously. When I lived in New York, um, I used to go to, uh, Brighton beach and, mm -hmm, uh, Coney mm -hmm. Island almost every weekend. I had no mm -hmm. idea that there were beaches and that you could swim there. And yeah, you are hundred yeah. percent correct. They are a yeah. hidden gem. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The ones and the ones that are a little further out, the water's like a little more clean because it's <laughs> not at the mouth of the, the East river. Um, but there's boardwalks, there's food, there's live music, there's bathrooms, like showers, they really got it all going on out there. And it's my favorite place to go. Dang. Okay. Um, well, we will have links to some routes. I'll work with you to get some ride with GPS routes put up and we'll put links yeah. to those in the show Heck notes. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So um, this has been an incredible conversation and just has me buzzing and thinking like, oh, maybe I should move to New York. Like that's how my brain <laughs> works. It's like, I'm excited. Um. I'm going to move there. Um, but we'll start with a, a visit, um, first weekend of May for the TD five borough bike tour. Um, maybe yeah. a dumb question. What does TD stand for? Is that a sponsor? TD bank. Okay. They are our main sponsor. They have been with us for years and they're an incredible partner. That makes total sense. So thank you TD yep. bank for making this possible. Yes. Um, and all of our wonderful sponsors who contribute to uh, this incredible annual event. Yes. Yes. Um, because like all bodies on bikes, bike New York is a nonprofit and, um, the nonprofit industrial complex is real, folks. We'll talk about that <laughs> on a future episode, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but in closing, we always ask two of our guests two questions. So the first one is, what does your perfect day outside look like? Uh, yes, it starts at 1045 a.m. Because realistically, I'm not getting up to be outside earlier than that. Get on my bike with my husband. We have, we're very nerdy. We have matching um, 1978 uh, Japanese steel touring bikes. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, he's a bigger bike nerd than me. He, he built them for us matching. Um, that's another whole other thing. Um, uh, but we pack, we pack our little, um, uh, you know, bike bags front and back with all of our beach supplies. We ride out, we stop for, um, there's this really cool like flea market, uh, out in East New York. Um, it's like Caribbean Jamaican, mostly. And so we usually get some boiled peanuts and a pressed juice from one of the, the vendors there. Um, have a little sip, continue on our way, go out to the beach, um, eat some food from the boardwalk, lay around. I always get bit by crabs. So that's like an important part of the experience for me now. I don't know why. I don't know if my toes look like little grub worms or something, but um, I always get bit by the crabs. So like that's an iconic experience for me. Um, stay there until almost sunset and then riding back home over the bridge into the sunset, um, maybe getting home like right at dark. That would be my perfect day. That sounds so dreamy. And incredible. 
it's incredible. And if if the Nutcracker guys, I don't know if you know about the Nutcracker guys, but they're no. <laughs> there is getting like actually a little too bougie for me at this point. But they're guys who uh, and gals who walk up and down the beach selling. Um, <laughs> this is not this is not on behalf of Bike New York that I'm promoting this, but um, they sell like mixed drinks. But they're like you get the red one or the orange one or the purple one, and it's probably like clear grain alcohol in there. But they sell them for like ten bucks, and so you get your little Nutcracker to sip on uh during the day don't drink the whole thing you won't be getting back on the bike i can guarantee you um, <laughs> you'll be getting yeah. your toes bit by the crabs because you'll be passed out on the beach yes it, precisely it's the tide comes in takes me oh away. god <laughs> <laughs> why are they called the nutcrackers that's what, they call this is what they're called all right <laughs> i don't know the etymology next time I, I, I see someone who's selling them i'll ask them yeah okay very cool man i miss cultural things like that um just in bigger cities you, you've got my, my heart yearning uh, for something like that. So <laughs> well, we'll get you out here for a summer ride too. Yes. I would love that. Um, and then our final question, um, I realize that you're here kind of on behalf of your employer, Bike New York. Um, and so you get to talk a lot about bikes, but um, maybe Alicia personal side can come out a little bit. Um, what do you wish you got to talk about more or that more people asked you about? Just in general or about biking? Yeah. Um, let's do both. So let's do biking first, or maybe the work of Bike New York. Uh, maybe a lesser known thing. Um, and then on your personal side as well. Um, I wish I could talk more about um, actually being like a larger bodied person on a bike. Like I'm a size 16 generally um, in women's clothing in the United States of America. And uh, people are surprised that I'm athletic when they see me. They're surprised that I can do a century in a day. Um, and that honestly surprised me the first time I did it too, but, um, yeah, <laughs> but, um, you know, I wish we could talk more about like access to cycling for people like me who like the cycling clothes, it's getting better now, but like they weren't made for me when I started biking and feeling, you know, like an outsider in the community because I didn't look like a lot of the other cyclists, um, a, a lot has changed for me personally since then of uh, the way that I view myself and my place in the world and all of that. So, um, but I, I wish we could have that conversation more and I wish we could talk more about access to mobility for people in general. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Those are super important topics. And honestly, something we're, we're trying to bring to light with all bodies on bikes. And, um, you know, this is kind of an aside, but I recently had a reel go somewhat viral where I talked about being a fat cyclist Mm -hmm. And a number of people who came on to my, came into my comments and said, you're, you're not fat. You're just a cyclist. And it's like, no, like the way that I access the world and my ability to find clothing that fits or bikes that fit or. Yeah. You know, it, it erases, it erases part of your very real experience. And that's, you know, the, uh, when people are, I always hate them. You're not fat. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't, you know, like, you're not fat, you're beautiful. And I'm like, girl, I didn't say I was ugly. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know, like, like the two can coexist. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's important to acknowledge like everybody's identities in, in all ways that they come. Um, I think it's very important too for uh, like the black cycling community. We have several really incredible um, black cycling groups in New York City that are working to expand access uh, to black people and other people of color for cycling. Yeah. And it's important to like recognize like the systemic barriers that have put been put up for those groups. So when you say you're not like a fat cyclist, you're not a black cyclist, you're just a cyclist. It's like, it's important to really acknowledge uh, that there are barriers for people and, and everything systemically. I mean, obviously we could go on and on about this probably for hours, but, um, and that's why it's important to have people like you 
and you people know, like you are, who are bringing this and being like yeah fat people ride bikes what's up yeah and we're good <laughs> at it as it turns out we can go no, all day long we're all good at it and our, our calves are made of steel yeah i was joking with somebody the other day we'll, we'll finish that real quick and they're like of course i love to ride a bike i get to sit on my butt and eat snacks all day long like of course and like obviously there's more to it than that but at its essence yeah like, it's great. What other <laughs> exercise do you eat during? Exactly. Right. Like I, I, I've eaten a whole apple core stem and all on a bike. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My nephew eats apples like that. I'm like, where did the, where'd the inside go? He's like, oh, I ate it. Okay. <laughs> inside my body. <laughs> yep. um, well, Alicia, this has been an absolute delight. I'm so grateful for you. Um, if folks want to learn more about Bike New York, um, where we'll obviously have links in our in the bio to this uh, or in the show notes, but where should folks go to find out more? www.bike.nyc. That's so easy. Bike.nyc. Bike.nyc. Um, we have all kinds of things. We have all of our events. We have training tips. Uh, we have nutrition tips for planning for a big ride, just like everything you can think of. Um, and you can always reach out to us at info at bike.nyc if you have questions, concerns, et cetera. Or want um, to get involved. It sounds like there's a million want to ways get involved. to get involved. Yeah, in we it. all, we love volunteers and you can ride the tour for free if you volunteer too. So you heard yeah, reach first- out real people monitor that inbox myself included. So give a drop us a line. We want to talk to you awesome. or social, social media, bike, New York, everywhere. Perfect. Um, and we will see you on, is it, it's May 5th, right? Cinco de Mayo, baby. Cinco de Mayo <laughs> um, for the TD Fiveboro Bike Tour. That's um, right. I can't wait to see you and meet you in person. I'm really Oh my God, excited. it's going to be incredible. Um, and we will talk so much more before then. Um, but thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening.